there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. We are live today in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Huge football Friday on tap. Ross Tucker on the program. Adam Chernoff on the show. Get his best bets for week one in the National Football League. We will run down every single game today on the schedule, talk about futures, divisions, bets that we made throughout the summertime. Uh, it is here, folks, and it started last night, Paulie, and we could, if we wanted to, could probably talk about that game for two hours today. And uh, the Lions look like they are improved from last year. Give them a lot of credit. Uh, they are going to be a force this season in the NFC. The defense looked really, really good. Great job by, I know a guy who you don't like, D, uh, Aaron Glenn, but they made... Some uh, great calls last night in the secondary to slow down Mahomes. And how much did KC end up missing Travis Kelsey in the game last night? What was he worth to the number in that game? So much to talk about. And uh, thank goodness we decided, people I'm betting uh, in Survivor with this year, we did not go with the Chiefs last night. Yeah, I wonder how many people decided to do that. We'll find out Saturday afternoon and how many people got nuts uh, like Derek Stevens talked about Tuesday using Detroit. I can't recall a wide receiver costing a team a game that bad and that blatant. I mean, Tony to gift wrapped seven points. It's going to be a first down. They're going to be in Detroit territory. And that drop, which is right in his hands on third and six, becomes a touchdown the other way. And then he's he's open, wide open, and it's going to lead to the game-winning field goal. And he drops another one. Yeah. And then he dropped another pass that would have been a first down. So between him and Sky Moore and all the drops... It's just, uh, you know, Mahomes said, I still got confidence in the guy. I don't know how. I mean, that is just awful what happened and, and he, the frustration you saw from Mahomes. But look look at this screen grab here if you're watching on VEASAN or TV. I mean, it's right in his hands. That's third and sixth. It's going to be a first down. That somehow became a Detroit touchdown. Sure. What I, a joke. I got to be honest. After a game like that, he, the kid, if he's still on the team, I know people last night were going nuts saying you got, you got to release him. <laughs> I doubt they're going to do that. He's, they have other guys who can play. Look at Rice, the rookie, last night. Absolutely. Ten a, guys caught a pass. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big Justin Ross guy. Tony, at least for a week or so, has to drop on, de- on the depth chart. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And now that could destroy his confidence. I don't care, man. He, you could make a case that he's the guy. He is the reason why they lost the game last night. And you think that that's how they did. Absolutely. So, so really, like how that game played out, should, should the Chiefs have covered the game, in fact? Detroit scored 14 points on yeah. offense. They, they did the fumble Chief. deep. That's true. Obviously, yeah. so you can't Marvin, forget yeah. about that one. Yeah. But that pick six, first of all, the fact that, that any quarterback, not just Mahomes, that should not be an INT or a pick six on Mahomes, and it will go down on him. Then, then why? How? That's not him. The turnover should be on the wide receiver there. But also, how much do they miss Eric Bieniemy last night? I could not believe, as somebody holding Chiefs minus four, if you told me that twice in the game before it started, 
that the Chiefs and Andy Reid would kick two field goals on fourth and short deep inside uh, Detroit territory, I'd probably say, I want here, I'm going to get off the game. What was that? The fourth down decision-making last night was week one, preseason still. Matt Nagy, welcome back to the team. Yeah. I don't know what the hell we were watching. And then I know that Tariqo and Collinsworth, they acted like they were complete. Who, how were you stunned when Campbell w- uh, went for the fake punt? I wasn't, I was not, I almost wow. expected it that there. I was more surprised that he didn't go for it on fourth and short later on deep inside KC territory. Well, we had everything there on the bingo card for the game. And a, a team goes for it fourth and 25, the fake punt from the own 17. Campbell punts fourth and seven at the chief, fourth and three at the Chiefs 40. That's, that was we, more surprising. We, we had everything, right. And the last thing you want to see if you're a Chiefs fan is this with Nagy. You don't want to see Nagy looking at any play call. And right. And that I don't know. It's like Dom Draper in the episode of Mad Men when he's drunk and he's just throwing out ideas. What's the end around on third and one? The hell are you doing okay. with all the talent and weapons you have? Sure. But I Let, mean, let's take the ball out of Mahomes hands. Huh. We're going to have a backup tight end or a third string tight end come in there. Who first, was first, that? I, it wasn't it wasn't Belldozer. Had the touchdown. I, I, nice. I, think, yeah. I think it was 83. Yeah, what kind of, who draw, Andy Reid's got to be like, if you see that in practice, just shut it down and say, stop, we're not running this. Right, this is not going to be part of the game plan here. And then you run the end around after you get Detroit, snap the ball. I, but Mahomes is not the quarterback, so it wasn't snapped. It was going to be offsides, a free first down, but also sneak it. Yes. What's the point of the end around? Yeah. I don't know, just... So the reason why they ended up going for it on fourth and 25 is because they did settle for those two. I could not blown away last night at those decisions. Yeah, honestly. Okay, so it's great to have it back. But I will say this. I think the league is lucky that the Lions won the game. You've been, is, we've been is, watching, we've been I, watching I football. It. We've been watching football for 40 years. What is what? What happened with Taylor? McCauley is just baffled in the booth. Chris Collinsworth called him a slot receiver. It took 58 minutes to call a penalty on the guy. Right. He's dude, He's coming back all the time. He's not even close to the line of scrimmage. He's getting this, this huge advantage and huge edge where he's, he's you know, getting the early start. And he's not even close where he's lined up. And they, they don't call it for 58 minutes. And McCauley's like, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Well, we saw I can't it, believe it. We saw it with Lane Johnson in the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Right? I mean, we saw it at the Eagles the entire time. I mean, it's laughable. Are you even going to gonna let him get away with that the entire game? But why are you so fascinated with that being good for the league last night? I, this is you talking. I don't oh, get it. Ma- no, imagine if the Chiefs won the game with that controversy. They didn't have to call a penalty on the guy for 58 minutes. He's not oh. even close to the line of scrimmage. Okay. You didn't have, you didn't have a problem with that? No, of course they should have called it every oh, okay. single time. I was livid last year when the Eagles got sure. away with it. Well, yeah. that's, that's ridiculous, though. I right. mean, I, I, when, when the guy who used to be an official gives up and goes, I don't know, guys, they're just not going to call it tonight. But they'll call every single potential pass interference for 41 yeah. yards yeah. down the field. I, now, I, 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 what was that P.I. on Sutton last night? Yeah, probably. Technically, by the rule, it was. But again, 41 yards? Sure, why not? Spot foul. But we're going to let the right tackle here just do whatever he wants offensively and never call him for movement. Sure, yeah. yeah they're going to have to crack down on this like because, you know, this is been now copied from last year and tackles are going to think they can get away with it and as jj watt pointed out last night on twitter like why would you not keep doing it sure if they're not going to call it do it every single time he kept going further and further back it seemed yeah but this is also like defensive coordinators and players on their own they're going to know every single time when a a pass is coming and when he tipped his hand more than teddy kgb and rounders Mm -hmm. he was eating the oreos last night yeah and then when it was a run play, he never once moved. So people will pick up on that. But I want to know how many other tackles will do that in week one. And will the league actually send out like a memo today and say, uh, what's going on here? Can't allow this. Another major problem I had last night. The whole idea that the Lions would take Jameer Gibbs 12th overall, take a running back that high in a day and age when you basically don't do that. I know Bijan went ahead of him too. And then the, you come out this week. I made that first touchdown uh, bet on Gibbs early in the week before Campbell made those comments. We're going to save him. We're going to try to, we want him to be around for the entire year. Right. This, in one game, <laughs> I don't want to overreact, Paul. This better not be Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard in Dallas all over again. Six yards per carry last night. Montgomery was, he averaged 3.5 yards per carry. He was fine. But if you're going to tell me it was pass protection, uh, let's put on the film when he got absolutely trucked by Nick Bolton and then he tripped yes. him and got called for a flag. So don't spare me with the pass protection. Gibbs should have scored the first touchdown. He slipped. Otherwise, he was going to get in. He was going to get all the way around the end. 
and score that touchdown, and he slipped on his own. And that You're not going to use the guy? The snap count was so lopsided in one favor to Montgomery? Now, he, something to watch on Sunday with the Falcons. Will the Falcons do the same thing with Bijan and Tyler Algier? Yeah, right. And maybe use him more in the passing game last night. Right. But right. Watch, who, who's better? It's not close. Big win for Detroit, though, too. I mean, they're going to be favored in six of their next seven games, it looks like. So that's an enormous win, no matter who's out. And it just every, that, the game had everything. You got the superstar defensive player watching from a suite. The defense actually looks great yeah. without him. Yeah, Kelsey could have played, but they you know, wanted to take it easy and get him ready for the Jacksonville game. Uh, proceed with caution. And then it's just a drop fest between the other guys. And then 10 guys have a reception, but Sky Moore doesn't have a catch. Mm-hmm. But he's targeted up the yin-yang. And, and, and the, he leads also the drop brigade, too, along with uh, Tony. But it's, uh, again, I just had everything. So I'm curious, last night, again, when it comes back to how many points Kelsey is worth to a number, I thought it was a major overreaction to go from six and a half down to four. So when he did not have him, Mahomes speaking now, uh, speaking of him, when Mahomes did not have Kelsey to throw the ball to as a safety net last night, he had to keep going to other guys that did not perform well. So if Kelsey's playing last night, do those other receivers still drop the passes? Like, does Kelsey playing in the game make the player step up and actually hang on to the football? Or does Mahomes, after a couple of drops in this scenario, just say, screw it, I'm not going to Tony again, I'm not going to Morgan, I'm going to feed Kelsey 24 times. Yeah, I'm going to throw him the ball. And does Kelsey have 13 catches for a buck 50 last night and they win the game? So maybe for a one one off here like last night, maybe he is worth three points to the number. Yeah, yep. Because you couldn't trust any of those guys last night, any we, of them. Were you surprised with the fourth and twenty-five, the fourth and twenty, which which became fourth and twenty-five? They almost got it though too. Uh-huh. I mean that guy he, he picks up third and seventeen, no problem. Third, every time the guy's in third and long, it seems like they come up with it. So the fact that he was decided to go fourth and twenty, and then what became fourth and twenty-five. There was it's, a great uh, tweet on this, Paul. Yes, it was. Out of the box thinking. Here, um, I want to make sure I have it right. This is from Steve Ryder. Hear me out. Fourth and 25. KC should have stepped out of bounds on their own nine-yard line. Detroit could not milk the clock and would have to score a field goal or a touchdown. KC would be guaranteed to get the ball back in a one-score game with a new set of downs and a buck 30 or so left on the clock. If Campbell doesn't go for two. That's exactly my thinking, too. Yeah. Knowing yep. him, he maybe would have gone for two. I think he may have as well. And the other thing is, if I could run out of bounds at the nine-yard line and do it before the two-minute warning, then I get another timeout. Then you get another timeout. It's yeah. not the worst idea. It's interesting. It comes down to, because if they score a touchdown then, yeah, it comes down to, well, if he goes for two to make it a nine-point game, and they get it. Yeah. And knowing Campbell, possible. Up next, we'll recap more of the game in terms of the bets with win some, lose some. And uh, we saw a new feature on the broadcast last night. This better have been one and done. It cannot be a thing. There's no way this can take off. We'll tell you what it is coming up here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Great to have it back. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. You can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out future events as well. We're here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check it out, vcin.com. All right, throughout the show today, we will hit uh, all of these Week 1 NFL games. I'll tell you the five games that I'm considering in the contest as well as of right now. I think I'll probably pull the trigger on these five throughout the show as well. Paul, we'll begin with the Panthers at the Falcons right now at DraftKings. Atlanta's favored by three and a half. The total is 39 and a half. Um, I think betting splits, I think it's interesting, specifically during the NFL season, right? And at DraftKings, you can find, find all the betting splits at vcin.com. Um, 65% of the handle on Atlanta, 58% of the bets on the Falcons as well. Now keep in mind here, divisional road dogs of six and a half points or fewer are 14 and 12 straight up and 18, seven and one ATS. That's 72% since 2013. I like make, I look, I mean, I bet a lot of ugly dogs in the NFL throughout the year. I really do. Yep. I don't think Caroline is going to be one of them though. They have a lot of problems at wide receiver, by the way. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say that. Who's betting Carolina in this game? Well, I know, not, evidently not a, lot, not a lot of people. I don't get this. Now, with the bad news they're getting here where you don't, it doesn't look like Thielen's going to play or Chark, and what's going to happen with Burns? You also have the number one overall pick angle, which we talked about. The quarterback who goes number one overall hasn't won a week one game since Carr in 2002. Give me a break. But all the hype with Atlanta? And certainly a lot of sharps like them on futures, and everyone loves them to go over the win total. And a coach on the hot seat, it's a perfect storm. But as you said several times, can you go to war with Ritter? And can you count on this guy? There's a, there's the, 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 the schedule so easy for Atlanta, and they have all these weapons, but they went 2-2 two and two last year when Ritter was in there. They spent $140 million in free agency. The defense stunk, but they fixed that. They hope they fixed it. They were 27th in yards, 23rd in points allowed. New defensive coordinator. But, you know, it's it's you have all these weapons, but can Ritter get you the ball? You know, I like the, the Patterson thing now. He's the joker, listed as the joker on the depth chart. You, you, you draft Robinson. Can we get Pitts the ball, please? This, this freak athlete who's so good. I don't know. I mean, this is an embarrassment of riches with what they have in London. And all they have with these weapons, but I don't know if they have the right guy playing quarterback. And he certainly didn't show me anything to think he's the future's in good hands with him. John Goulet, who vegs in management, who works here, brought up an interesting point. If it goes sideways in Tennessee, could you reunite Tannehill with Art Smith Mm. and maybe do something at the trade deadline? I don't know. You certainly have have Heineke sitting there as well. But it's a sharp angle to consider. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Tennessee. That's my whole angle, that Tennessee gets off to a slow start. They move Henry. They move Tannehill. You have to get Willis and Levis in there and see if these guys can play. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, they went out and got a quarterback in the third round two years ago and then early second round this year. So the shelf life here for Tannehill remaining their quarterback – it's not can't be too long. Yes, I missed a good number, but I I like I took Atlanta and I took the under. I just I I'm not con- I'm concerned about Frank Reich. I'm concerned what happened, how yeah. bad it poorly it went in Indy. Uh, you have a bad offensive line. It appears that couldn't protect Young at all, and the, cord- the quarterbacks that were in there in the preseason. But it's it's a, it's a fascinating game because this is, I mean, Atlanta should make the playoffs. The schedule's so yeah. easy now. Brian Burns is an excellent defensive player. As you said, the unknown here, what's going to happen with him, other than him, but they also have some really good talent on that defense. I think it's going to be so when, if they can slow down this running game that, that Atlanta expects to have this year, I don't think, I think it's going to be easy, although they have a lot of talent there with Pitts, who I absolutely love, and London. Yep. Their secondary is very, very good. I think they have plenty of talent on that side. Um, but again, the well, problem a, here, yeah. the, the questionable players, yeah. Marshall, Thielen, Chark, so is it going to be Jonathan Mingo? I hope so. I got him in some fantasy teams, but does he get like 10 targets in the game? 
And something you said, too, about Reich, I think there's a pretty decent chance the guy stinks as a head coach. Definitely possible. No doubt. And the other thing doesn't get talked about, but Atlanta has to be better defensively. I mean, if Atlanta is, is average defensively, then they're also going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So with all the question marks about Ritter, I think we talked about this on air. Maybe the best bet to make is the small plus price on the Saints to win the division because trust all the, all the, all the talent they have and they, they seemingly win games with below average quarterbacks and now you have Carr, who probably is average, but still it's an upgrade. So in, in a top five defense, maybe that's the safe bet. But mm-hmm. I mean, you again, you look at this schedule. How does Atlanta not win nine games? Uh, it, it just well, it, to Ritter, me, Ritter's a, a disaster. That's how. Yeah. Okay. But then I have I pull the plug on him though. I mean, that's why I have a coach on the hot seat, and that's okay. I've seen enough. I can't do it. Carolina. But how, but how do you pull the plug though, Paul? I give him four games and say I can't. I can't. He's not ready. He's not. He's not the guy we thought he was. But what's the option then? Well, then it's Heineke. And that's exactly so, my point. Okay. Well, then maybe I have to wait and make a trade. Heineke's won games though. I, I understand mean, that. Yes, but he's no great shakes. I mean, no, I know. Uh, last year didn't help his cause, but the guy also almost beat Tom Brady in a playoff game and at least took Washington to the playoffs. But again, you, you put the schedule up. Carolina, Green Bay at home. Houston, this stretch, after Jacksonville, they go Houston, Washington at home, at Tampa, Minnesota, Arizona, my God. Yeah. I mean, there really could be a 5-1 and one play. That's not even that hard to imagine for Atlanta. All right, Texans at the Ravens. Um, at DraftKings right now, Baltimore's lane 9.5. Total is 44. Dogs of six and a half points or more are only 10 and 18 straight up, but 26, 12, and 1 ATS. That's 68% in week one since 2013. Baltimore was a double digit favorite earlier this week. Not great for those teams in week one going back the last 20 years. They're only 5 and 12 ATS. But uh, here's your big boy again, which could be a theme today. Since 2004, this ties into Carolina as well. Rookie starting quarterbacks as dogs of seven points or more have just won 25 games. That angle does not apply to Carolina, but it does here to Stroud and the Texans. They're 25 and 157 straight up, 74, 99, and 9 ATS. That's 42.8%. I love on paper what this Baltimore offense could be. You're concerned about the defense, rightfully so. Maybe you want to go over in this game. But we'll see if Ryans can turn it around defensively. So all this talk about what they added a quarterback and, and and what they could do offensively, it was a disaster for Houston going. I mean, they were 30th in defense. They were dead last against the run. They were 27th in scoring. They got gashed on the ground in the preseason. Dobbins could have a monster game. And Harbaugh, it didn't work out yesterday with Andy Reid, but Harbaugh has been dynamite in, in season opens. Yeah, he has been. Yep. And a lot of blowouts as well. So I... I I, I'm there. I think I think to get Roman out of there and now Monken as the new OC and going back to the Louisville offense, as he calls it, that's Flowers. I mean, Peter, everyone you say, everyone who's covered the team has been there. Like, oh, my God, this Flowers kid can't defend him. So good. Watch out. You bring in Beckham. Beckham's a little bit banged up, too. Check his stats. Yeah, so is Mark Andrews, but, by the way. Right. But the weapons that you have and you have the former MVP in Jackson and you just get away from this 1980 offense at times that they had with Roman. And not to mention, it was, I mean, they made the playoffs last year with Huntley, still should have beat Cincinnati on the road, and how many games did they give away? That's the other thing. I mean, this could have been a one seed, all the, all the games yeah. they gave away. So I, 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 I just think, I, I bet Houston's win total under. I think Stroud's going to struggle, and it remains to be seen. Everyone just assumes Ryan's is going to come in and fix the defense. I got to see it first. I like what the Texans are building. I think you have to, right? They have a lot of talent on this team, but it's ultra young. I don't think this is going to be the year that they take off. For example, I'm a huge Damian Pierce fella. Yeah. Um, I loved him. I, I had him big numbers, talked about him a lot last year to win Rookie of the Year. I thought he had a chance until he got hurt. I was in a deep fantasy league the other night. I got sniped. I was taking him. <laughs> I was two picks away, going to grab yeah. him. The guy, the guy out of nowhere took him. I almost broke my computer. I just I went like this, and yeah. I, I missed it by about two inches. I was like, I, that was my reaction. I love the kid. Yeah. But... Week one with Stroud, mm, not sure I can get on board here. I know he, Dave Tooley here at the network, who is dogger pass, he's 100% going to be on Houston in this game. I will be on the Browns this weekend in the contest. They're plus two and a half here at Circa. Okay. I will, that will be one of my plays. Interesting timing with the Burrow news. 
late last night. Well, when the game's going on, right when the game's about to start? Divisional home underdogs, one of my favorite plays in the entire league, not blindly, but certainly in a week one spot. 16, 7, and 2 straight up, 21 and 4 ATS in week one since 2009. That's 84%. Hello. And I, I just I like the talent. How can you not on this Browns team overall? Um, Bengals very good. Bengals might be the best team in football, but Burrow has struggled against Cleveland yes, he in has. his young career. And uh, I look, when these numbers first opened up in the summertime, I was begging for the three in the contest on the Browns. Didn't think I was going to get it. Not going to. But two and a half, probably still going to be playing that in the contest anyway. Cleveland's eight and two against them last ten. How about that? Yeah. And Stefanski's five and one against Cincinnati. Keep an eye on the kicking situation. York was so bad. Now it's Hopkins. It's been a problem the last couple of years. So if it's a close game, can you count on them? But uh, and can they protect Burrow? And does Garrett wreak havoc? Yeah. That's going to be. Can they protect them on Sunday? I don't know. More of the week war, uh, one card coming up next. Here's another good one with uh, rookie quarterbacks. Six and sixty-one straight up since 2013 under this specific criteria. Details next. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. It's good to have you on board here on a Friday. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Kicking off this hour, uh, talking more. It's all NFL today. Ross Tucker joins the program now. He's on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. Uh, the Ross Tucker Pod as well, Even Money Podcast. Yeah, you can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts as well. And uh, Ross, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it as always. As you tweeted last night, it's not the same old Lions. Um, they caught maybe a break or two, obviously, in that game last night. But I don't care. That looked good last night. And I think they are going to be a player in the NFC this year. How high are you on this team? Well, I agree. You know, I would say they did catch a break or two. But, you know, that goes both ways, sure. right? I mean... Mm-hmm. They also, there were several times where they could have called the right tackle for the Chiefs, Jawan Taylor. <laughs> Forget even him timing the count. You know, I thought him timing the count was close enough that I was okay with them not calling it a number of times. But he was he was lined up in the backfield. I yeah, mean, yeah. The, the, the rule is you have to have your helmet break the belt line of the center. And that's the part, that was the part that was more egregious to me. And so, yeah. Did the Lions benefit from not having Kelsey or Chris Jones for the Chiefs? Of course. And Kadarius Toney with those drops. But you know what? They still did it, right? Like, they still were down 20-14. to 14. They marched the length of the field, and they scored. And they had things go against them as well. You know, the Marvin Jones fumble or the snap when the tight end was in motion, right? So not everything went perfectly for the Lions either. And that would be a game that – the same old Lions would find a way to not win, right? They'd find a way to lose. Instead, they got it done, and they deserve a lot of kudos for doing so. Yes, I agree with that. And uh, I said before you came on, and you're the perfect guy to talk to. Great timing because you played the position. Collinsworth called Taylor slot receiver. Have you ever seen it that, that, that egregious? Where the guy's not even close to the line of scrim? McCauley at one point just throws his hands up and goes, guys, I guess they're not calling it tonight. Yeah, I I um I was thinking about that the whole game. Um you know, I would say with both false starts and with how an offensive tackle lines up, uh-huh. they kind of give you the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like if it's close, they're not going to call it. So what happens is typically guys will push the envelope because it's an advantage for the offensive tackle to be off the ball more. So guys will push it. They'll see how far they can go. And then what happens is the side judge will come in and he'll say, Hey, you're, you're, you're too far back. You got to move up. They'll give you a warning before they call it. Uh-huh. I don't know if they ever gave Juwan Taylor a warning. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I yeah. don't know yeah. um, because they never called it. So I am really surprised that the lions, didn't complain, although maybe they did. I don't know. We don't know. 
right, that the Lions didn't complain and say, listen, and at least have the official give him the warning. Then after that, he could call it, but they didn't call it once all game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're right. It's a huge win by Detroit, and in the past, that's a game they don't win. They could be favored in six of their next seven games. The other thing is they're getting guys back. You know, with the suspensions in six games, they'll be getting Williams back and other players too. So do you think it can be a team that only not only wins a division but makes a deep run? Well, and I think that that's the point, right, is you know they didn't look great last night, but it's the second time in a row now. You go back to that Packers game week 18 last year and now this game where they look good. They look like they belong. The moment's not too big for them. I mean, look, they didn't even ever used to give the Lions primetime games. Now, back-to-back primetime games on the road, big stages, their offensive line is very good. I think golf looks good. They have a bunch of weapons. And, man, they have an awesome draft class. Yes, they did. On defense, defense, Jack Campbell and Brian Branch. On offense, Laporta, the tight end, and... Uh, what they were getting out of Gibbs, too, who I think there's even more there. I thought that was a really good sign. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, maybe the busiest NFL media member in the entire country, Ross Tucker. You're calling games this year for CBS. Uh, congrats on that. You have a very good game on Sunday. Saints and the Titans. And we've talked about this game already today. I kind of like the Titans plus the points. But Paulie thinks that uh, there's some clear separation and that the Saints to win the division is a good bet. Do you agree with that part? Like it's the Saints, probably then the Falcons, and then, the, I mean, forget about it. Between you got to draw a line between those two and the other two teams in that division? Yeah, so a couple thoughts. Number one, I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I, mean, I think I got one of the best games yeah. mm-hmm. um, in week one. And I think there's a really good chance that both these teams win their division. I really do. Um, I know the Titans aren't the favorites, the Jags are, but the Jags, you know, they got some serious O-line issues, especially to start this year. And, I mean, the Titans almost won it last year with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, you know, and Tannehill was banged up like the whole year. So I think this is a field goal game either way, which, by the way, is interesting because the Titans traded for Nick Folk who's a very good kicker, whereas the Saints have an undrafted rookie yeah. free agent because they traded their kicker to Will Lutt. So mm-hmm. if it comes down to a field goal, that will certainly be an interesting storyline. I think the Saints and the Falcons are pretty close in the NFC South. I, you know, I think the Saints have some question marks, in particular on the D-line. You know, Their D-tackles, Kalen Saunders and Nathan Shepard, never really were starters you know, at their previous teams, the the Jets and the Chiefs. So that's who they're going with. And it's kind of like unknown, which is the Titans O-line, against the unknown a little bit of the Saints D-line. I think whoever gets the better of that matchup probably wins the game. But I do think it's a, it's a toss-up field goal either way. And I do think that the Saints and Falcons will be neck and neck for that division. And I think there's clear separation between those two and then Carolina and then more Mm -hmm. separation and then the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Even money podcast, Ross Tucker, our guest, you also do preseason games with the Eagles. Do they, do we finally have a repeat champ in the East or can Dallas catch them? Well, I think that's going to be neck and neck as well. You know, the Cowboys I'm really high on coming into the year. You know, I, I thought they needed to get better at their number two receiver at their number two corner, you bring in Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. Maybe those guys aren't, aren't number ones anymore, you know, like they used to be, or Mm -hmm. they were last year, but I think they're still darn good. Number twos. The question mark for the Cowboys is really Mike McCarthy calling the plays. I mean, that that's the thing that jumps out to me there. I'm skeptical of that for the Eagles. They have two new coordinators, seven new starters, including five, up the middle on defense. And they lost their best D tackle in Hargrave. They're two linebackers. They're two safeties. That's a lot. And they got a lot of other good D linemen. They have good corners. But losing both coordinators and 
five starters up the middle on defense, it's a lot. They both feel like 12, 13 win teams to me. Oh. Do you think the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl? I think they got a darn good chance. Yeah, but it's tough. I mean, I go back to what you were saying earlier. I think this is a decent year for a team like Detroit or Seattle to kind of make a playoff run. If, if, if you're someone out there that likes long shots or, you know, taking a, a swing on things, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would strongly consider the Lions or the Seahawks to win the NFC. And obviously that would be a, that would be a big bet. Yeah. How about a team or two that flops this season, Ross? Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah, my I'm wow. Of, I'm skeptical of the Baltimore Ravens. I, I'm not a believer in, you know, spread offense with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball all over the place. I mean, first of all, that's never really been what he's done best. I feel like he was much better throwing the ball off of play action. And then second of all, to Odell Beckham Jr., who didn't play a down last year and just popped up on the injury report again, or to a rookie in Zay Flowers or Rashad Bateman, who's never healthy. I mean, I don't, I don't really think that they have the wide receivers, and I'm not sure they have the quarterback to operate this spread offense, throwing the ball over the place. Now, maybe they'll adjust, but I'm skeptical of the Ravens. And they've got depth issues at corner, serious issues at corner with Humphrey out. Yep. I'm not sure they have a great edge rusher. They got issues. That'd be something else. They're a very sexy team, obviously, mm-hmm. in the betting market. Uh, you can follow Ross on Tucker. He is at Ross Tucker NFL. Download and subscribe to his podcast, the Even Money Podcast, calling games this year for CBS. Have a great call, Ross, on Sunday between the Saints and the Titans. Thanks so much for the time. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great Thank weekend. You. There you go. Busy guy, no doubt. Oh, There's a surprise. Non-stop. Now, imagine if that happens. Imagine if they underachieve. Well, that's the definition, right? You want a team, when you ask somebody, yeah. give me a team that's going to flop. Okay, here's one, Baltimore. Wow, all right. Yeah. I mean, that division is so good. Would you call that division the best in football? Or, or is, AFC, is AFC East on line one? Saying, hold on a second here, pal. Uh, Both are very good. Yeah. It's 1A, 1 and 1A probably. I mean, there's certainly a scenario where they... Wow, what if the Steelers have a good offense? They were 26 yeah. in points per game last year. I mean, it's, they clawed, they won six of their last seven, seven of their last eight. Yeah. Six of their last uh, seven, yeah. How about a picket makes a nice jump? Yeah. In year number two. Watch stays healthy. Mm. That's, that's going to be two great divisions. Let's right, follow the money here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Up next, more NFL. Guess what team is 24-12 and 12 ATS as a dog since 2018. We'll tell you next here on VEASAN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Fun show today. NFL last night. Chiefs lose at home to the Lions. What a start to the season. That game had a little bit of everything. And more of that great sport now with Adam Chernoff, longtime friend of the show, NFL better, handicapper. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap and a lot of great free content, uh, content up as well at the RAS app. Good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning. You know, it was great to be back to football yesterday with the Chiefs Lions. I got to tell you, there's been a lot of thinking and waiting and wanting week one to come around. I'm, I'm kind of ready to get to it and get on to week two. I don't know about you guys. This is all exciting, but there's just there's a lot happening in all these games. So yeah. uh, let's get to them. Is there it's such a good schedule. Is there a game that you circled like when the schedule came out or a game or two on? that we have week one that you just you that really stick out to you and you're looking forward to more than any other uh, game uh, betting or fan side. How do we want to split Both. that question? I, either up? one um, from a betting side. I'm probably intrigued most in the game that nobody wants to watch. And that's Arizona, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a pretty good bet there with Washington. I have it tied into a bunch of teasers. So I'm pretty intrigued by that one from just a fan side. Got to stretch it out. I got to go to Monday Night Football yeah. and see what we're going to get from the Jets, uh, what we're going to get from the Bills as well. Um, very high on Buffalo as well. So that's the one from the fan side. Um, other other than that, I, I think Giants-Cowboys would be third in that rotation, really high on the Cowboys too. Yeah. Okay. And from a betting standpoint also, you're you're in with the over the win total, coach of the year. I mean, you have to hose you down if Ritter looks good with the Falcons. How about Atlanta up to three and a half now against Carolina and injury concerns with the Panthers? Yeah, a little bit of glimpse of hope from what we saw Ritter preseason game two early on. It was a little bit rough. So this will be a good tell for what we get because this Panthers team is a good gauge of schedule for what the Falcons are going to face for the first three months of the season. But you nailed the injury point. Uh, It's 100 percent the truth with Carolina. Thielen, Chark, and Marshall, all three of those guys, wide receivers, one, two, three, limited or non-participants in practice Wednesday and Thursday. So if those guys miss, this number's going to go up from three and a half. Part of the reason why we've seen this total come down so much, yeah. I'm really watching those reports. One of my sort of most respected followers out there that watches a lot of film, lots of tape, uh, he has a big thing on how the Panthers wide receivers went healthy, one of the slowest units in the league, unable to separate. Those guys are hurt, guys we're going to see this go up. This is going to be ugly for Carolina. I agree. Uh, Your level of concern right now with the players who are questionable for the 49ers. I bet the Steelers before the the game moved from three, I laid 15 cents with the Steelers. I'm also pondering a play on them in a contest out here in Las Vegas at plus two and a half, the number that's posted for everybody. But uh, your thoughts on the Niners here laying this many points on the road. Yep. Defense banged up. Uh, We're going to get Bosa. How much is he going to play? Is there going to be a snap restriction in terms of the offensive side? Still not 100 percent on Kittle. So all of that will be sorted in about two, two and a half hours time. We'll get a good look into that final injury report. I think it's a tough spot for Brock Purdy on the road with this offensive line. That's the weakest Kyle Shanahan has ever had. Brock Purdy last year when he was pressured was really ugly for him. Uh, A lot of sensitivity to pressure. Uh, compared to what he does from a clean pocket. So if the Steelers with Watt out there can take advantage of this offensive line up front uh, with those injuries, certainly a big blow for the 49ers. Mitch, so I'm with you there. Uh, interest in the Steelers for sure getting the point. Well, what is your level of concern with Brock Purdy playing at that same level that he showed last year as a rookie? I mean, everyone's going to say it's tough to replicate. I think if there's a system that you can do it in, it's Kyle Shanahan's, and he's a really, really good fit for it. But we just, again, there's so little of what we've seen of him against the defense like what we're going to see with the Steelers. And spot-wise, on the road in this opener, I just think it's really, really tough. So he's probably going to look much worse than what we're going to get from him over the course of the season. Uh, but uh, more concerned for him in week one than I am for him over the outlook of the season. 
Follow the money. Paulie and Mitch Visa in the Sports Betting Network. Adam Chernoff, our guest, uh, Right Angle Sports. Get the app. Listen to his podcast as well. I was listening to your podcast, Simple Handicap in the Summer, when you're doing the Rapid Fire Team Previews, and you alluded to a comment that O'Connell made about we're going to have to outscore people and play some high-scoring games. The defense is going to be better, but it might take time with Flores coming in. What do you think of Minnesota at home to Tampa? And it's coming down now five. The speculation from one of the top reporters for the team was that all of the things that the Minnesota Vikings were doing in the offseason and how they were building this roster and pushing forward was because they needed to win games 40 to 30. That was the quote. And that was sort of what he expected the goal of this team to be. They're going to have sort of a lot of back and forth, very competitive games because of, like you mentioned, the defense. Brian Flores is in. Aggression rates are going to go through the roof compared to what they were a year ago, going from one of the most passive, to one of the most aggressive defenses in the NFL. Matched up against this Buccaneers team. In terms of where I was in the previews to where I am now with these teams, the Buccaneers, a big 180 for me. I thought this was a team that was going to play to a lot of unders. Dave Canales, the new offensive coordinator, wanted to devalue the quarterback position. But I got to tell you guys, I don't think it's a big year for Maker Mayfield. I'm not advocating for that. But I think we can see the Bucs in a lot of games picking up a lot of yardage late between Baker and this group of wide receivers, which has a lot of young guys in behind it. So I think the Buccaneers are going to be a team when chasing from behind that could lead to playing a lot of overs. And so this game specifically, if I had to look at a prop, Chris Godwin is at 56 and a half yards. Mike Evans had that contract dispute, didn't do anything in the preseason. Godwin was on there uh, on the field with Mayfield in the last game, had a very good connection with him. I think there's potential for Godwin here. So over 56 and a half is a pretty good look. Uh, with that Bucks wide receiver. Very good. I think Ridley's prop is too low. Now that he comes in with Jacksonville. Uh, your thoughts on this game and maybe a prop? I saw you on with our friends on Nesson. What do you think of the Jags-Colts game? Ridley's at 62.5, and that's been ticking up a little bit. It's probably going to go a little bit higher. Uh, I think he fits in very well with this offense. It's going to be a great connection between him and Lawrence, and he could certainly have a big game against this Colts defense. In terms of props that I would be looking at, Anthony Richardson, anytime touchdown, plus 140. Last year, Shane Steichen with the Eagles ran Jalen Hurts in the red zone 44 times. That was 18 more than the second most for any quarterback in the league. So Steichen loves getting his quarterbacks involved. And it wasn't just that sneak play behind that great offensive line for the Eagles. It was options, RPOs. Richardson's going to be running a ton in this game and every game that he plays. Um, But there's lots of potential against the Jags defensive line. It's taking a big step back this year for Richardson to be a big runner. And remember, guys, Colts, Zach Moss, running back number two with Taylor out of the picture off of the broken arm. He's less than 100 percent. And they've already said it's going to be a run by committee situation for the entire team. So I think Richardson's going to have a big game on the ground. Uh, that touchdown price looks pretty good at plus money. Adam, throughout the summertime, you were coming on and giving out different bets. Um on like a, a monthly basis or so. The Browns, uh, a team that you gave out two bets on, one of which was Nick Chubb. You called him the cornerstone of your portfolio for Offensive Player of the Year. Nick Chubb uh, expected to just break out and do huge things. Have you done anything else with this game at all? Have you teased the Bengals up to uh, eight and a half at all? Uh, check that. The Browns up to eight and a half at home here as a divisional home dog against the Bengals. Are you concerned about Burrow um, and, you know, the obviously the calf injury here leading into week one? What have you done with this number overall? Uh, not concerned about Burrow. I think he'll be the Burrow that we know. Uh, but that Burrow that we know against the Cleveland Browns has struggled his entire career. And so if there's any limitation whatsoever on the calf, it's really with him getting outside of the pocket. But if the Bengals offensive line can hold up against this improved Browns defensive line. I think there's a lot of potential for Burrow to have a big game against this Browns secondary, which has a couple injury concerns really need to watch out for Denzel Ward a little bit later today. So that's uh, how I sort of feel about the Bengals. I think they'll be all right. On the other side, you mentioned Chubb. I think it's a big game for him. I really don't know what we're going to get from Watson. It was another preseason where we certainly saw things that were different. We Mm -hmm. knew that hearing from, Petsing the OC, there's going to be a lot more shotgun. There was going to be a lot more different looks for Watson. That will help him in the Stefanski system. Uh, And if they're going to have a lot of success early, it's going to have to be against this Bengals secondary, which is going through a transition, losing both starters from a year ago. So don't really have a strong opinion on this game. 
if I had to look like you mentioned that teaser leg for the Browns, certainly becoming very popular uh, among some other professionals, uh, but nothing really either way for me on this one. 90 seconds, Texans, Ravens, and I know we were both fired up with the Monken press conference and the quotes when he took over as OC. Where are you at with this game and the Ravens offense this year? We saw the Chiefs last night struggle, getting a lot of new guys involved within the offense with two brilliant offensive minds around that team. Now you have this big switch with Munkin. It's a complete blocking shift scheme. There's new wide receivers. OBJ now has another injury issue. Surprise, surprise. And so there's there's some questions around the Ravens. We're seeing the number tick down just a little bit in favor of Houston. I think the Texans offense is going to struggle early. Didn't like what I saw whatsoever from Stroud and Slowick in the preseason. The one thing that stood out, Texans with D'Amico Ryan, that defense, really, really aggressive, played very well all preseason, has some great pieces. Not surprised to see this total coming down. It's now 43 and a half. Not going to maybe jump in with the Texans, but I don't think I could lay this big of a number with the Ravens uh, now that we're pushing double digits. So uh, it's a stay away for me, but I can see why that total is coming down for sure with how these defenses are trending. We had Ross Tucker on an hour ago, and we asked him for a team or two that's going to flop this year. And without hesitation, he said Baltimore going to flop. Bold. I I wouldn't call him a flop. I just think there might be some time to get used to it, like yeah. we saw last night with KC. Yeah, that was his biggest thing. Is like, huh? I he doesn't really have a lot of faith in Jackson, like, you know, making this thing work with the new offense. Maybe right away, and it's going to take too long to him to uh, to get used to it. Uh, Adam Chernoff, our guest, he's going to stick around for one more segment. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap. Uh, great job too with uh, free content on the Right Angle Sports app. I was listening to the podcast this week, and Adam was kind of laughing at a point spread. I could like see him, I think in my head, shaking his head at the number. So we'll uh, ask him about that game and his thoughts overall on it coming up here on Follow the Money. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 